we got a lot to talk about. I was just too much hype. I'm about this wave for the culture. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, welcome, Rocky. We're glad to have you. Yeah. I just want to be cool too like you guys. I'm fucking dope. Sounds like it's a, a lot. socialite of hip hop. <laughs> too much hype. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Too Much Hype, a podcast where we talk about what's going on in fashion, news, and music. I'm Darcy. I'm Devin. And I'm Rocky. And we've been away for a minute. Uh, we'll just give a couple updates on ourselves. I've been in Europe uh, for work, which has been awesome. I was in Amsterdam and France. So that's why we've not been able to align on the time zones. Oh, cool. Uh, what have I been up to? I've been not in Amsterdam or France. I've been in NYC, uh, sweat my ass off at every train stop that I'm at because it's been a 100% humidity average every day for the past ever. Wait, what percentage was that? <laughs> it's been in the high 90s, like high 80s, low 90s. That's realistically. Yeah, it's been awful. But it rained all this weekend, which was very nice. There was not any humidity. and It was cooler. Like in the set. It was very San francisco It was great. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's my current update. Uh, cool, yeah. And I, I also was in Europe for a short stint. Uh, but mostly I've just been playing the new Spider-Man game on my PS4, and that's been occupying a lot of my time. So, What do you do in that game? How incredible is it? It is fucking amazing. <laughs> it, I, I just really feel like Spider-Man, you guys. And you know what? I'm a damn good Spider-Man. I save people all the fucking time. I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm protecting New York City, and uh, it's not an easy job, but somebody's got to do it. Like, so you're just swinging from buildings and stuff? Well, there's, like, missions and stuff, too. Uh, but, yeah, mostly you're just swinging from buildings because that shit is so fun. That sounds amazing. Is it it's pretty similar to, like, Batman, Arkham City, Arkham Knight? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's pretty similar. Um, but, you know, Spider-Man. So <laughs> measurably better in every, in every way possible. Whoa, whoa. I mean, that could be a whole other episode. But <laughs> I think you're wrong, good sir. But <laughs> yeah, one one without Darcy because I don't play video games, so I have no idea what y'all are really talking about. But you it you don't cool. even play video games on your on your phone ever. Uh, no, I play like puzzle and logic games, but uh, I didn't grow up with video games because I was doing like absurd activities all the time and my <laughs> my brother had just like left like my brother's nine years older than me so like any sort of game console we had just like left the building and so I just never really got introduced to it uh, see my mom was obsessed with video games growing up That's I remember right. like she was like she was big into Zelda. She would get that, like, the printer paper, you know, the, the old-ass printer paper that's attached with, like, the dotted lines on the side. Oh, yeah. And uh, she would draw Zelda maps so she could remember where everything was. That's dope. Uh, well, and I also... Dude. <laughs> yeah, my mom's... She's, yeah, she's kind of a G, I guess. That's a, that's a good way to describe her. <laughs> <laughs> Start a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are too old to even, like, understand video games, so... Oh, my mom's old. How old? How old like, is she? Like, this is, it's always awful when people ask me the age of my relatives because I'm know. the youngest and I'm also terrible at dates. Yeah. Um, but she's like 66. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. She's just, I guess she's just more in touch with technology than my parents. Whatever. She's a G. She's a G. Um, so on the docket for this week, 
I really want to talk about Nikki and Cardi beef, which is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wanted to Cardi talk beef. about yeah, Cardi beef. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Nikki and Cardi beef. Um, also, uh, Nike and Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just a short, a short uh, homage to Mac Miller, maybe. Or let's start with your Nikki and Cardi. Well, dude, beef. I don't. Do you, like, understand what happened? Because, like, the only thing I've really been able to, like, unpack from the internet is that a shoe was thrown, and I think it was Cardi's shoe. And, like, or Cardi was hit in the face with a shoe or something. And uh, Nikki is still talking shit with everybody. So does, can anyone break this down for me further, what happened? What I've got. Well, question, question first. Question yeah. first. Was, was, the, uh, was the shoe that was thrown expensive? Was Actually. it, like, a, a bloody like a shoe? bottom? Yeah, like red bottom. Like, would you say like these expensive ma? These is bloody shoes. Like bloody shoes. Yeah, I think I hope it was. So, <laughs> so Devin, if you can, to your to your knowledge, please explain the beef between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. Well, you're uh, so from what I've gathered from Twitter, it seemed like Nicki might have talked some shit about Cardi's child oh, or God. about her parenting. Oh. And allegedly, this was a boiling point for Cardi. Cardi tries to confront Nikki at some event that they're at, because it's New York Fashion Week out here this right. week, um, or last week. And uh, yeah, I think she was yelling at her, and Nikki's security was around her, and Cardi was yelling at one of Nikki's friends, and then took off her shoe and tried to throw it at Nikki's friend. And I think while some security was trying to separate this everyone and elbowed Cardi B in the head. So that's why she had that big old knot and all those big. Yeah. Wow. That's what I gathered from a situation. Yeah. She Instagrammed some like rant about like, how dare you come after my child? And I didn't really know what she was referring to, but then I saw all these like these memes, like referring to Cardi as like Binderella and stuff like with like the missing shoe. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Cinderella. So. Okay, that clicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Saint Hoax, the Instagram account, which does kind of like funny um, photoshops and stuff, did a pretty funny photoshop of her like leaving her shoe behind after she threw it at Nikki, like Cinderella. Um, okay, well, my thoughts on this are I really wish that women in hip hop wouldn't fight with each other. Makes me sad. Um, and like their beef started off like way before during uh, motors- motorsport, the, the song that they did together with Migos and I apparently I mean what my old housemate Hari told me was that like Migos um were sort of like talking shit about one woman to the other and so that's when they started fighting that's when Cardi and Nikki started fighting which is bad yeah Quavo I think was like stirring up shit yeah I mean my my thoughts on this is like kind of kind of in general like Nicki Minaj has this like outsized reaction to anyone criticizing her like she's got a, a she's got a serious temper and like I don't I don't really think it's warranted for somebody as famous and as successful as Nicki Minaj like she she really like the best the best that she could be is just to say nothing and like that would be fine people would still support her would still like love her music and fucking stand her hard but instead she comments on every little thing, like every little yeah. slight against her. She like goes or she flies off the handle. And uh, in this case, like, 
I don't know. I wonder if it's because maybe this is fucked up to say, like maybe Nicki Minaj is a little jealous of Cardi B's success. And like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I think uh, she's, yeah, she's probably jealous of how famous, how she got famous, you know, because now people hold Cardi B to such a high regard as a female MC in hip hop right now. Where realistically, I mean, Cardi B makes good music. I like her album. She's a good rapper. She has a team, maybe or not. Like, that doesn't really matter. But as a, as Nikki, how she came up in New York as, like, an underground MC and kind of grinded her way to the top, was, like, spitting for all these different artists. And then Cardi coming the other way, being more charismatic, having a good team around her to mold her into the, to a similar position that Nikki is in. I can see why Nikki would be bitter about it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, yeah, but yeah, Nikki in general, though, has been causing hella beef in the hip hop community, like, for everybody. Like, right. she's talking shit to Travis Scott and, like, who else? Uh, I forget a good amount of people. But this, I mean, she did just come out with an album, so all this is good for her selling records. Yeah, I was also going to ask, like, do you guys think she's, like, do you think it's real or do you think she's doing like a, I mean, not like a Kanye style, like live her performance art, like get attention type thing. Or do you think she's like actually pissed? I mean, not that we could like ever know, but I don't know. Do you think it's like a tactical thing? If it is a tactical thing, I don't think it's necessarily a great tactic. I feel like, I feel like it doesn't do much to win her new fans. I think that, uh, I think that people who love, Nicki Minaj will just love her regardless of what she does but like in terms of like this being good PR I think the people who have already like said they would never listen to that type of music just feel the same way (laughs) after reading tabloids and shit yeah she talks shit on Cardi's baby apparently and then like she was also talking shit on Travis Scott's baby like why are you talking shit about babies (laughs) yeah I don't know man (laughs) fuck babies (laughs) you think they're they think they're so fucking cool. People are like, ooh, babies are so cute. All they do is fucking sit there and shit their pants. Like, they can't even fucking... <laughs> who, likes, who likes babies anyway? I don't like babies. Do you like babies? Overrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm about that. Like, I'm, I'm, I have that IUD life. Like, I think babies are also overrated. Like, I'm not trying to pop a baby. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, but at the same time, are you, like, talking shit about babies? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Babies are so fucking whack. (laughs) Every time I see a baby in the street, better watch your back, baby. You better watch your back. Oh, Oh, wait. Can someone explain to me this, like, like Kanye wearing oversized clothes? Like, Did you no see one... the the music video? No, for... I didn't watch it. But like, what is like, what is it? I don't get it. It's oh no, it's it's. I watched. It's funny. You gotta watch the music video. It's there's yeah. like he had some Kanye concept with it. It's him and Lil. Yeah. It's called "I Love It." Is the music video? It's, it's a funny song. It's just like a funny song, and no, Kanye and his comedic tip. I guess you could say. All right, that's cool. It's good though. Well, but isn't isn't the way that it originated like Kanye was wearing Yeezy slides somewhere and yeah. someone like took a picture of them and they were slightly too small for his feet? Oh yeah, and I saw so, that. Thing. Like instead of like responding like negatively, Kanye just like 
put on a bunch of oversized shit and he was like, are my shoes too small now? Like, <laughs> and the slides were ridiculously long, like four feet long. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Kanye still canceled this season for me. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't get this timeline that we Kanye's on right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we're experiencing parallel Kanye right now. Well, yeah, I mean, he's definitely on a different planet and time is relative, so he's not really here right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a bit of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson via podcast, so that's why I sound so intelligent these days. <laughs> ah, I was wondering why you all of a sudden sounded smart. Yeah. So we're just a few minutes listening to him, and I'm just way smarter than I used to be. So. What, what, what knowledge can you drop on us that he dropped upon you? Okay, the biggest the biggest knowledge I got from um, his his uh, episode with Joe Rogan was that apparently, like on a scientific level, microwaving food is not bad for you. Like it's just not like it. Like yeah. people said, it like causes cancer, and there's all these things about how it ruins food. And he's like, no, absolutely not. All it does is vibrate the water molecules. That's it. Mm. Um, it just sets them at a higher frequency which is why if you have really dry food like dry beef turkey or something it's not going to get hot and then also when you take out a plate in the microwave and it's hot it's not because the microwave made the plate hot it's because the food on the plate got hot and made the plate hot yeah so that is the most applicable knowledge that Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> last week uh yeah I mean of course microwaves aren't dangerous otherwise like don't you think we'd know by now we like we at least like oh, man it's a conspiracy man like that's what cancer comes from man come on <laughs> so like microwaves came around in the 50s right yes. and, and this was like still like the period of history where everybody was smoking constantly in every room and we figured out that cigarettes caused cancer but we haven't figured out that microwaves cause cancer but vaccines definitely cause autism. Oh my God, don't even get me started on the fucking vaccine. <laughs> okay. uh, just asking for polio. Let's get polio back. Let's do that. Make polio great again. <laughs> oh my God, it's not. <laughs> so, so far, fuck babies and bring that shit polio right back. Bring it back. <laughs> bring it 2018, back. motherfuckers. Too much hype, baby. Coming for next. No, no more hardships. Time to manufacture some. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i like that <laughs> hardships gotta manufacture some a uh, kaepernick and nike yeah, yeah yeah oh man i have so many thoughts on this devin knows uh, no i know yeah go do it yeah go go ahead break it down rocky, yeah, rocky. Uh, explain to the yeah. people what happened so i mean nike had this you know uh what like multi-million dollar sponsorship of Colin Kaepernick that they weren't doing anything with because, you know, uh, obviously he's not playing football right now, but he has been extremely prevalent as an activist. He's been one of the people who is at the forefront of NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. Uh, he's, he's really like taking a journey into an activist career in, in similar vein as like many other athletes have historically. Uh, which I think is, I think it's really awesome. Like I'm, I, I think that like Colin Kaepernick is a smart guy. He has good, or he has, you know, intelligent things to say about this whole movement. He's protesting because he wants black people to stop being killed in the streets by police officers. 
and yet people are so fucking incredibly pissed off about it. This is obviously old news to everyone that I'm talking to right now and probably all of the five people who listen to our podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening. uh, (laughs) But recently, Nike decided to do something with that sponsorship um, in that they released an ad campaign with Colin Kaepernick's face on it and Anna really like beautifully produced amazing like ad as well. Uh, it says like, you know, basically fight for what you believe in. Even I, I forget exactly what it's like, fight for what you believe in, even if everybody else is against you or something along those lines. Uh, my problem with it is that like all of the advertising materials that, that were released so far are just reinforcing Nike's brand image. I feel like everything that's been produced has some context right now because of the times that we live in. Everyone looking at these ads know that Colin Kaepernick is, is protesting against injustice. Um, but all of, the, all of the actual messaging is so nonspecific. And yeah. the, way that I, the way that I view it is like Nike is essentially playing it safe. They're like, how do we double down on our brand, make, make more money, use this sponsorship that we weren't using without, without actually having to verbally take a side? And, well, and it's working. Yeah. I mean, Nike's, Nike's sales shot up after that ad campaign. But like, in terms of like, oh, wow, this is, this is so brave of Nike to do this. Like, I, I don't buy that. I, I feel like it's clearly just for financial gain. Uh, I, I feel like they, they took the most calculated risk possible, which is basically, you know, indirectly supporting something without, without providing a message of like tacit support. Um, like Nike could have said, like, we stand behind Colin Kaepernick 100% and the, and the message behind his protest, which is that black people should stop being killed in the street. And we're going to donate X amount of our sales revenue to these charities that, that support police reform or whatever. But instead, it's just, it's just capitalism for the sake of capitalism. Uh, by the way, it, what the ad says is believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Right. So it's pretty broad is, and not specific, like you just said. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, I think there, a lot of people are, like, very favorable of Nike for taking this step. And a other lot of poor white people are on, not into it. <laughs> yeah. Other idiots on the internet are burning yeah. Nikes that they already bought because they don't realize that a boycott is about not purchasing things moving forward. <laughs> They're just, it's like when people smash their fucking Keurigs, like, haha, you got them. You already paid money for the fucking Keurig, idiot. Like, yeah, well, also, like, the spot, the, the, the customers that Nike's gonna lose from this are basically nothing because, like, all those, all those people that, like, would have bought Nikes would have bought them at, like, fucking Marshalls or Ross or, like, whatever. And, like, that, like, that's already money. The money's already gone to Nike at that point. So, like, they're not even gonna, yeah. Like, how much yeah. do you? have to hate a black dude to wear loose socks <laughs> to your life, you know? <laughs> uh, That's a different level of anger and hate right there. It's just useless. And the, other thing, the other thing that just really, like, pisses me off, and this is, like, a thing that most companies are doing in this day and age, is that, like, you, you lose nothing by releasing an ad campaign that implies support for some sort of cause. These companies 
directly benefit off of the policies that the current White House has put in or put in progress. So like, it's not like Nike doesn't like the massive tax cut that they received from Donald Trump. Right. It's not like they're not benefiting from that. And like, some people are like, well, you know, you can choose the parts of politics that you like and get rid of the parts that you don't like. But it's like, I, I disagree with that. I feel like if you're taking a stand for a cause, then you, then you can't just be like, well, you know, I like, I like some of Donald Trump's policies, but I also think he's a racist and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you're either, you're either for this motherfucker or you're against him, which is exactly the type of divide that's happening in our society right now. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you on everything that you said about Nike. I think, obviously, it was a, a marketing boy. They hit, had some great numbers. They made like $130 million in thir- three days or something like that. Something ridiculous. It was, a, it was a good amount of money. The campaign is exactly how you said, very vague. I, I never, when after seeing the campaign, like seeing the commercial, which I, I do love the both of them, I never thought to me myself like, Nike, Nike is making a progressive step forward. This is such a huge stance in Nike. I more so looked at it as, wow, this is cool that Nike is putting Kaepernick on this platform because yeah, the, the statement is vague, but when you look at the ad advertisement or you're watching the commercial and you see Kaepernick with a big Afro, the perfect kind of imagery of, of a civil rights movement and its history around it, that's what you sort of think of. And I can thank Nike for putting his face as that platform. And even though they're using it for their own good, it's putting that conversation out there. Like, what, what are you really fighting for? Who, who are you really, you know? And that part I really enjoy. I and mean, it's cool to see the, the, the reaction to all of that. The good and the bad is just the spark of conversation that we need to keep having in this country. So I'm all for the Nike play, but I am also not naive to the fact that they, they don't really care about Kaepernick's movement. They care about numbers. And it seemed like it was a good result, so. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, uh, one argument that was like close to me was, uh, well, isn't Nike kind of indirectly supporting charitable efforts because Colin Kaepernick gives like X amount of his salary to support these causes? And I'm like, no, because a company like Nike could match that yeah. tenfold. They could they could give more money. They could really double down on where their fucking money goes, but instead they spend it on an ad campaign and, and that's good enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree with that. But I mean I, yeah, Nike could be charitable, but like they're not, so you know? <laughs> they're just not. Like I don't remember a time when Nike's ever been charitable. I don't think of them as, as that way either. Um, like what if what if Colin Kaepernick were kneeling uh, to make a stance or make a political stance about uh, how children in other countries are forced into indentured servitude to make Nikes? Do you right. think they'll sponsor him and put out an ad campaign? I mean, probably fucking not. Like <laughs> biting the hand that feeds, you know. Like, yeah. There's no chance that they do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, it cost it cost them barely anything to uh, come out in indirect support of Colin Kaepernick, and that's that's what annoys me. Like I, I think yeah, that it's not brave. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's brave, Nike. Yeah, 
but I, I think it's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I. Yeah. They're not brave, but they're being cool. <laughs> it's the I mean, the the ad campaign is beautiful, and I I really really like Colin Kaepernick too. So like, the more he's in the public eye, like uh, fine by me, you know. Like, I think he is. Uh, I I think it's ridiculous that uh, this is happening. That people care so fucking much. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Um, the, the rep that's running against, I think it's Ted Cruz in Texas, like was mm -hmm. asked the question about kneeling and like, don't you think it's disrespectful? And he gave a really nice answer, which was like, no, I think it's completely American. I think it's the most, I think him kneeling is the most American thing he could possibly do because it's in peaceful protest. And then he talked about like Selma and like Martin Luther King and like a, a bunch of like other peaceful protests, like in history and like why it's important. And I thought it was just like a really eloquent yeah, that was one of the best re responses to that question ever. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, the idea, yeah, I mean, basically, like, yeah, of course, our, the pe I mean, anyone listening or, like, the three of us, like, know the history of Kaepernick, but we were literally, um, we're hanging out with uh, one of our coworkers from, that lives in Amsterdam, and, like, we explained, I mean, Michal, like, let, this past weekend, and, like, we explained it to him because he didn't really understand or, like, understand the context of what we were talking about with Kaepernick. Um, and just, like, laying it out and being like, yeah, like he's kneeling during the national anthem to protest, like, you know, black people being killed by cops and like all the NFL owners are like these like white dudes and they're like pissed off about the disrespect. And like, it was just like, he's like, wow, that is so fucked up. We're like, yep, <laughs> it's the most fucked up thing. And yeah. And just the idea that because someone you're paying somebody that you get to dictate like what they do or do not believe in or what they do or do not communicate is uh, messed up. So. Sorry. <laughs> Is that your cat? Yeah, he's mad that I'm moving. He sounds like a raptor. <laughs> he is part raptor, I think. <laughs> Nike is cool, but not brave. Is the <laughs> the wrap up of that? Yep, I'll I'll, I'll get on board with that. I mean, what? it's it's, it's yeah. just like the like how Budweiser did the like we're a nation of immigrants commercial uh, during the Super Bowl, like. All right. Cool. Like cool, cool commercial idea, etc. But like, they don't actually care about those politics. Like, yeah, but at least they did it better than the Pepsi commercial with Kendall Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that! I love that commercial. Are you kidding? It's so real. Why? It's like peace. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? What else? Uh. What other? What other hype is on the docket? What about music? Um. What am I listening to as of recent? I mean, yeah, not recently, but just have to call out Astro World for being a dope album because Very I listened good. to that shit high in the park in Amsterdam, and that was fun. So that is a good album. <laughs> I really enjoyed that album a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. Best work to date, in my opinion. Yeah, it's so good. What else? What else? What other albums? I'm trying to look through my Spotify right now. <laughs> um. I mean, I really, I really, really liked Astro World. I thought, um, in terms of like production and like, I, I'm really an, I'm really an album person. Like, I love a good album, and I just felt like that that album's so good end to end, and it's just like, it's, it's so nice to listen to. And again, like the fucking Nicki Minaj hate. Like, your album was good too. Chill the fuck out. Like, <laughs> her album was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I was telling uh, 
Devin when I was flexing super hard that I listened to, he's like I didn't I don't, I don't know how much I like that album I was like oh yeah I was feeling it like I was waiting in line at the Louvre in Paris like listening <laughs> to Nikki's album and then I was like as I was going through like a sculpture garden I was listening to and I was like you know what this is a pretty sweet album he's like all right I see you I see you <laughs> <laughs> next level yeah it was good what, you mean you didn't listen to you didn't listen to uh, everything is love you didn't listen to ape shit in the it's not it's called everything is love right yeah, yeah. I so. um i actually did a i did a hip-hop dance to ape shit last week and it was fucking fire like i didn't make it up i went to a class and uh yeah that was great yeah no i i, I mean i was just listening to new music like i downloaded on my phone like before i was about to go into the loop because i was by myself so I was like, I'm just going to listen to like all this new shit when I'm like walking around these like works of art by myself. And it was a pretty, pretty prime decision. Yeah. I love going to museums alone. I think yeah. going with other people is kind of overrated. Yeah. Then you can't really spend as much time looking at the shit you want to look at. Right. And also you know, the Mona Lisa was the most crowded room I've ever been in in my entire life. It was. And so fucking underwhelming. So underwhelming. Is it tiny? It's the tiny. actual painting is like the size of our laptop screen, and I'm like, I mean, there's just hundreds, like thousands of people in this like room, like crammed, like pushing each other to like see it, and like everyone has their phone up taking pictures. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're taking a picture of the Mona Lisa? Could you not fucking Google that? You need a picture of that right now. Like, <laughs> like that is the most cliche image that I've ever like. Th- that was one of the first mass-produced images in history. Like, you need a picture of that? I just can't. I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> There's like these um, like poor groups, mostly from Asia, that cover the Louvre in 30 minutes, and they're just racing around to get to the Mona Lisa. And it's like, oh my god, like 30 minutes to cover that place? You need like three days, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I took a picture of it when I was there, but I stood behind the entire crowd, and so it's like just this yeah. picture of this giant crowd with all their fucking phones up yeah. and like a tiny little Mona Lisa on the yeah. wall. It's like the size of a fucking dinner plate, I swear. It's just like, okay. Well, that's... Guess I don't have to go to that. All right, cool. cool. Well, no, the rest of the Louvre is amazing. It's just like the actual room of the Mona Lisa is just like, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's too much hype, you know? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. It's on, brought it back. Oh, uh, do, we, do we go to commercial now? All right. <laughs> If we had a this podcast, this podcast is brought to you by Zoom. Literally, <laughs> we're recording it on Zoom right now. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Zoom. Thanks, Zoom. Thank you, Zoom. Um, any other any other music that we uh can pick up? Yeah, I really uh, Trippy Red's album. Oh yeah. I thought that was very surprising to me. I don't know. I had grouped him in that same shell as like Lil Pump or Playboy Cardi. Oh yeah. But he's not that. He's more on the triple X side. So he's oh. kind of a mixture of emo-ish like vocals, but over hip hop trap beats. It's really, really impressive. I mean, he has a few songs there. Yeah. I enjoyed that album. You told me to listen to it and I, yeah. I liked it. Very surprised. Very good. Yeah. Um, this isn't, this isn't hip hop, but I've been really digging this new album by this artist called Mitski. I think I've talked about her before, but she's a singer songwriter, um, classically trained musician. And, uh, she just does some, she does, or makes some really 
incredibly like emotional and like deep and like sonically rich music. And uh, this album is definitely no exception. She definitely, she experiments with genre a lot more. There's definitely a lot more like country influence. There's like some disco influence. Uh, There's still some sort of grunge influence, which her older albums definitely have. Um, Yeah, I've been really into that album. Um, basically listening I, that, that was like my soundtrack in Amsterdam I listened to it like every morning while I was walking to work um, but yeah, I highly recommend um, she's just got a really expressive voice and really interesting lyrics and uh, she's an incredible musician nice. cool. right on so uh, let's talk about Mac Miller huh guys oh yeah yeah it's um, was incredible. It just came out a month ago. Yeah, I've been listening to him since uh, before we played Park, which was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just, I feel like everyone in the hip hop community, like, really liked him. Like, there was no, neg- not a negative thing to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just dude, seemed like a good soul, good dude, really positive. Every interview I ever watched it of him was like, he always said some really insightful things and he just seemed like a very happy individual in the interview. Um, and I, yeah. And seeing it, his relationship with other people and hip hop, specifically him and Schoolboy Q was so entertaining and like funny to watch and see. And he just was really good at making music on top of that. Yeah. Last album was really good. Yeah. Seeing his career kind of develop from, uh, what was his first big mixtape, Kids, I think, to, yeah, to what he did now. Like, you see him progress as a musician, even more so as a, than a, just as a rapper. Like on these albums, he's playing a lot of the instrumentation on the album and rapping and making these dope melodies. It's it's coming from the backpack rapper type kid to, to what he was. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think of my I mean, favorite songs by him. I'm looking through his list uh in the meantime i'll just say that uh yeah i mean i was never i wasn't always into mac miller's music music um and then uh, i had good good am recommended to me and i was like okay i'll check this out i'm not sure if i'm into this guy but uh i, I love that i love that album i love all of the the commentary on addiction and struggle and like it's just all very real um and and what I really appreciated about Mac Miller um, in terms of like as a presence is he was always, yeah, like you said, he's always relentlessly positive in pretty much every interview he ever did. Like you, you just got this sense of like this really intense, like music geek who was, who was making music and was just so stoked that he was actually being successful with it. And I, I feel like that, that feeling also really came through in his music. He always just sounded like he was having a blast. Um, yeah. and I, I definitely also, cause like he, he probably could have just like rested on his like frat rap laurels forever and yeah. just continued making that kind of like party rap music, but he didn't, he was like a relentless experimenter. He was always trying new sounds, especially, you know, his, his last, I don't know if it was last three or whatever, but, uh, good AM, the defined feminine, feminine in swimming, uh, all like progressed sonically so much uh from album to album that you could tell that like he wasn't just finding his sound 
and then and then deciding that that was what he was going to stick with. He he was really about trying to innovate on the genre, and like it, it's just it's just so sad. I mean, it, so it's crazy. It's crazy how many celebrities we've already lost in the past couple of years. But like he's twenty six years old. He was a kid. Like yeah, it, sucks. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, so my favorite album by him was Best Day Ever. Um, I really, really liked that album. And he had this song. I mean, honestly, that song Donald Trump is really good. <laughs> like, like, I really like that song. Um, the, the like chorus is like, take over the world, watch these haters getting mad. And like, and, he, and like, I mean, the only thing he says about Donald Trump is like, he's like, I'll be on some Donald Trump shit, like, you know, making money and whatever. Um, and then he has this other song called Oive. And the chorus is one day I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to buy my mom a house with a big, like a big something and a brand new TV. And I'm going to still sleep on the couch. I'm just like, it's like, I just remember listening to that. I was like, that's such a cute song. <laughs> like, yeah. He's going to like get rich to buy his mom a house and like sleep on the couch there. I was like, Oh my God, this guy is just adorable. Um, yeah. So we, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a big loss for, I mean, he just seemed like a, like a bright and positive light and also made amazing music and seemed like he had a ton of friends and it's just really unfortunate that, you know, it was, it was an overdose. It just really sucks. Just super. His, uh, his last post on Twitter is basically him telling people yeah. to come to his tour saying it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Him and Thundercat. Oh uh, man. God. Sounds like. I wonder. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen, like, if those artists will still go on co on tour and do some sort of, like, tribute tribute or what. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I didn't expect, I, I mean, obviously nobody expected that to happen, but I, I also didn't expect me to, like, or expect it to, like, fuck me up the way it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, little Pete fucked me up, too, just because of how young he was, and it's, like, the same thing. I watched the video for best day ever. Yeah. Um, and that is like pretty hard to watch because it starts out with, uh, I'm pretty sure it's home videos of Mac Miller as a kid, like singing, singing rapper's delight. And like he, I, I don't know. It's just a really emotional video to watch now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, I think it goes without saying that like, addiction is a dangerous thing and uh it can it can kill somebody you love uh, at any moment and so the most important thing when you know somebody in your life who's a drug addict is not to isolate them because of their addiction it's important to love them and still treat them as a human being because if you don't and there's really no way for somebody to find the light and get themselves out of it uh if you don't have your family supporting you, then the only thing that you love is drugs. Of course, you're not going to quit them. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily apply to Mac Miller. It seemed like he had good relationships with everybody in his life, but. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Please. Yeah, unless it's pot, because that can't kill you, so. <laughs> stick to pot. Yeah, stick to pot, and yep, yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> um any way that we can end on a lighter note any other things happening um 
Hold on, do we have anything else in the dock here? <laughs> I think I'm like uplifting music right now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I tripped on mushrooms while I was in Amsterdam. Fun. <laughs> um, I, I went into a shop with a big mushroom above the door mm-hmm. and I went in and I bought mushrooms over the counter. <laughs> and then I went, to, I went to Vondel Park and I ate them and I tripped pretty hard. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a colleague there with me. I'm not sure he would appreciate me saying his name, yeah, maybe but it was his first time. It was his first time, and he had a he had a wonderful time as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised that I was able to just buy mushrooms over the counter because uh, you know me being me, I've read a lot about this sort of thing, and I know for a fact that uh, actual mushrooms are illegal in Amsterdam. Uh, the only thing that's legal are truffles. Um, Amsterdam outlawed mushrooms because groups of people, they call them three-day tourists, basically people who came to Amsterdam just to fit in as much partying as possible while they were there, were going and taking the mushrooms and then freaking the fuck out and ending up in the hospital. Uh, so Amsterdam outlawed mushrooms, but the way that the, the smart shops and the, uh, the mushroom shops got around that is by selling truffles instead. They call them trip truffles. And the reason that that loophole exists is because they outlawed mushrooms, which is like the fruiting body that grows above the ground, but mushrooms grow or truffles grow underground. And they're also like full of water. So they're way less, uh, they're way less psychoactive than actual psilocybin mushrooms. But yeah, I guess uh, the people who work in the stores don't give a shit and they just sell you mushrooms anyway. it's not being checked very much (laughs) just like you know it was an expensive ass trip though it was 75 dollars for three god what (laughs) yeah it wasn't i mean sure yeah it was worth it it's always worth it most bang for your buck yeah is that a lighter note yeah that was a lighter note Oh, I guess I'll give a very quick summary of what I did in Paris. So, like, basically, uh, I'd been talking to a dude for six months on Tinder who lives in Paris before we even met. And, like, uh, we met and had, like, pretty much the most romantic weekend I've ever had in my life, like, in Paris. Um, So we're now planning a vacation together in December. And, yeah, that was, like, the craziest shit to, like, talk to somebody on tinder without meeting for so long and then to actually meet them in like you know i guess it's the most like romantic city on earth so <laughs> like yeah so we were like smoking cigarettes and like drinking rosé out of the bottle like on the scene river as like <laughs> we're going by and the sun was setting and i was like what is happening and then like it was fully fucking ridiculous and he's just like a very like charming and smooth individual and, like, I was talking to a girlfriend about it, and she's like, yeah, doesn't that worry you, though? I'm like, um, actually, fucking no, because I'm a charming and smooth individual, so, like, I deserve that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't need to be with, like, an awkward-ass dude who, like, can't get girls, <laughs> you know? Like, Darcy, your life me. is like a fucking movie. I don't, like, I swear to God, I watched, I watched this exact movie. It was based on a Nicholas Sparks book. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have some memory issues down the line, and it's gonna be really sad and heart wrenching. 
but everyone's gonna be really happy about how in love you are. Uh, I'm die holding my husband's hand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, we die together, right? Yeah, no, I don't. It was, it was the, it was the most surreal fucking experience ever. I was like, am I in a movie? Like, am I real? Did the plane crash? Like, I don't understand. But yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. That's pretty. Ridiculous. I'm glad you mentioned that, Darcy, because uh, you've been in a coma for six months. You have to wake up. <laughs> Darcy, Darcy. The top is still spinning. Darcy, Devin and I thought doing the podcast would be a good idea. Dear, 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 dear. Maybe you wake up, 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 up. Darcy. Well, Andy was really trippy because you know the song from Inception, the uh, no, like whatever that song is, that the trip song, like, like sorry. Mind Heist. It's called Mind Heist. No, no, no. yeah, the the French song where she's singing, like, yeah. So that's like. You know oh, that like, maybe not that song then. Yeah, yeah. No regrets. Oh, yeah. Like so that woman singing, so that's a French song, and he, the guy I was with, was like playing it. And I was like, and, and I was like, oh my god, this is the inception song, and like they're in France, and like I'm in France, and they're playing this inception song, like what's happening? And then he's like, Yeah, do you know what this song means? I was like, No, he's like, it means I regret nothing. And I was like, What? <laughs> like it was just like the trippiest shit ever, basically. <laughs> so yeah, that's yep. So I'm yeah, just hoping yeah, I'm yeah. alive and not a dream within a dream right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> time, time moves. Time moves ten times as slow in dog dreams, Morty. It makes perfect sense. If it doesn't, <laughs> then maybe everybody's favorite movie doesn't make sense either. All right. Well, on that note, that was too much hype. Thanks for listening, all five of you out there. Gang, gang. We love you. <laughs>